Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. Welcome to FST Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle is in for Mike Blewett today. What we're going to do here on this hour is we're going to look back at Monday Night Football, give you all the analysis you need to spin it forward for any Giants or 49ers you have on your roster, albeit they both have a bye in Week 11. And then we're going to get the waiver wire, and we're going to tell you who you need to prioritize and focus on as you build your team for a stretch playoff run. It's the Spitting Statistician and the King here on FST. If you're listening here on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn Radio, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, if you are listening as a podcast, thank you. Uh, make sure you get all this insight and information to help you win your leagues and win that cash. Don't forget about Roto Experts in the Morning in the previous hour. If you're listening to it on demand, you want to get the full comprehensive look at our breakdown of Week 10 and also what we think on the waiver wire for Week 11. Scotty, Giants won 27-23 over the 49ers last night. What are your top-line takeaways from Monday Night Football? And your top-line takeaway cannot be the air quality. <laughs> I would say that, you know, Nick Mullins. People were in masks, Scotty. People were in masks. It was known as unsafe to be there. There was literally a cloud of soot hanging over the stadium, yet they were playing. You saw Odell Beckham getting the oxygen halfway through. It was a, it's a, it was a, it was a safety concern. Yeah, p- for sure. Uh, you know, Nick Mullins, you know, uh, he, he kind of reverted to being uh, who he probably is after a game of tape. He wasn't terrible at all. Uh, you know, he hit the high percentage passes. He was patient in the pocket, but you know, also times, you know, he got those those kind of happy feet that experienced quarterbacks get. And he really didn't threaten the defense at all with the game ball. So uh, I think you know he's just good enough, just adequate right now, which is sometimes better than you expect from a backup quarterback. You know what people generally expect from a backup quarterback, but there's really no fantasy upside there. I don't think. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you talk about a backup quarterback. Let's not forget, this guy is actually a third-string quarterback being pressed into action because Jimmy G and C.J. Beathard ahead of him are not there for one reason or another. Odell having a big game, 4 for 73. The two touchdowns helped out fantasy owners. But my question, Scott, for you is, in the Giants' pass game, when, you know, Saquon Barkley is an option, Barkley wind up, touches the ball, uh, 24 times, you know Odell is the option. What does this mean for fantasy owners of Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram? Shepard saves you with a touchdown, but only two catches for nine yards. Ingram goes four for 46, but a lot of that in that very last drive, he doesn't. neither one of them look like a real part of this Giants offense. It looks like this Giants offense is pretty much give it to Saquon and throw it to Odell every third drive. Yeah, it's just Evan Ingram has been 
pretty much even when when he's been healthy, he really hasn't been a fantasy factor. Uh, you said it during the preseason that you were concerned about him with Barkley there and with Odell back and somebody was going to have to suffer, and you were correct. As far as Sterling Shepard goes, uh, he's just he's really, really unreliable right now. You know, we've seen some big games from him, and we've, We've seen some quiet weeks. He's not somebody you can rely on. Yeah, he's a wide receiver four right now. Somebody could probably use on a bye week, but you know, eleven point six points per game on ESPN PPR uh, default scoring, seven point four the week before that, twenty one point seven, and then six point seven. He's been very, very inconsistent this year. So, but he does have Tampa Bay next week, this upcoming week, though. So you have to consider him a primary filler. Uh, who are you talking about? Sterling Shepard. I thought the Giants were on bye this week coming up. Oh, no, they had their – yeah, I thought the Giants were on bye, no? Uh, no, they have Tampa Bay this week. They had their bye in week nine. Okay, my fault, my fault. I do I do declare. I am incorrect. <laughs> I do then. declare. I do declare. Um, fair enough. I'll get you those bye teams in a correct way a little bit later on. But when you talk about who you can rely on, I think, you know, you mentioned Nick Mullins. But, Scotty, I, I believe the 49ers now have two fantasy assets that you can rely on, one being Matt Breida as a running back. You saw his another nice game for Breida. And also, listen, we know there's no Mostart anymore. Alfred Morris is two yards now in a cloud of dust. But Breida is someone to rely on. 20 touches, 132 yards. He gets two touchdowns. And then the other guy I'll submit to you is George Kittle, who is now, in my opinion, the third Best tight end in the entire NFL for fantasy. He gets you another nine catches, 83 yards. Um, so talk to me about these two guys. Are those the pieces of the 49er offense that you can rely on? Uh, for sure. I think with Kittle, it's it's obvious, and I don't think anybody would disagree with you. Uh, that's not crazy that he's the number three tight end in fantasy football right now outside of New England. Uh, Kittle has, right. has just been absolutely terrific. Uh, you know, he has two two touchdowns in his past four games. Uh, he had a season-high nine catches last night. He has uh, four consecutive double-figure PPR games. So I think you know what you're getting there from George Kittle. Uh, we saw the versatility of Matt Burita last night with, with a rushing touchdown and also a one-handed uh, receiving touchdown as well. And, uh, you know, this guy's got good vision, and he, he's very quick and fast when he hits the hole. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to clarify, guys, the six teams that are on bye this week are all four teams in the AFC East. So your Dolphins, your Bills, your Jets, and your Pats. You have the San Francisco 49ers who are off bye. I knew one of the teams from last night were off bye. So the Niners. And then you also have the Cleveland Browns who are on bye. So as we said before, when we were talking about running backs, you're going to lose Nick Chubb. And in PPR formats, you're going to lose uh, Duke Johnson as well. So that closes the book on Monday Night Football. Some other real quick news and notes. Um, Scotty, the Saints, the Saints have signed Brandon Marshall to potentially fill in what they were hoping to get out of Dez Bryant, but you don't think this moves the needle for fantasy, right? Even though that Saints offense is so uh, prolific. No, not, not at all. You know, once in a while he might catch the occasional red zone TD or make the third down catch. He'll be somewhat useful for the Saints from an NFL perspective because he has played this year and he is in playing shape, but uh, you're never going to use him in fantasy, not even with teams on a bye. 
All right, fair enough. So really nothing to see here. Last biggest point of news that I want to mention before we dive into the waiver wire for week 11, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals have fired their defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin. I say he's, he was coming off a real tough assignment trying to stop Drew Brees, who in my opinion is a potential MVP candidate, and the Saints who are putting up 50 points now. You know, tough assignment with your job on the line, but the Bengals are moving on. It looks like Marvin Lewis himself will take on play calling duties defensively. Do you see any impact here for the Bengals' defense? Yeah, you know, I think Marvin Lewis is going to try to tighten some screws and maybe they'll play more respectively. But uh, I can't say that it was a tough assignment, you know, that really got him fired. You know, when you give up, when a team gives up 51 points and the other team, no matter who they are, scoring every possession except for the final kneel down, you know, your job's in trouble. They, 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 I think they became the first team in NFL history to give up five, three 500-yard games in a row. Yeah, wow, that that uh, will not help your job security, to no. say the least. Scotty, uh, before we move on, I want to let people know that the NBA lineup optimizer is now available over at DailyRoto.com. Subscribers are absolutely crushing it on a nightly basis, okay? But if you like playing NBA and NFL and Major League Baseball, even a little PGA action, go get the DailyRoto.com Elite Package. It gives you access year-round to this suite of successful tools and projections that our subscribers have been using to basically print more. Money. All right, when you sign up for the Elite Package, you'll get the new NFL betting tools we've rolled out, including against the spread, money line, game totals, and even player props. So go on over to DailyRoto.com, click on the Go Premium tag, and check out what the Elite Package has to offer. Obviously, if you're not doing it this way, you're at a competitive disadvantage. You're doing it wrong. Go to DailyRoto.com, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount. Scotty, the other big piece of news we heard is that the Rams have unfortunately confirmed that Cooper Cup tore his ACL and he will be missed for the rest of the 2018 season. First of all, I think it may have an impact on that ridiculous game total we see for next Monday night in Mexico City where the total is already up at 63.5 for the Rams and the Chiefs. And Scott and I both without blinking are like, we're taking the over on that one. We'll dig into that a little bit later on. But as it relates to the waivers, we talked about running backs a little bit last hour I want to talk about wide receivers and I mentioned this Cooper Cup name first because my first guy that I want to get your outlook for is I understand people wanting to get any piece of the Rams offense as possible Josh Reynolds may be the next man up for the Rams would you take a flyer on Josh Reynolds on the waiver wire to replace Cooper Cup no uh, week 70 replaced Cooper Cup one catch for 19 yards. Week 8, he replaced Cooper Cup. Uh, three catches for 42 yards. So there's nothing to see here. The opportunity right. doesn't always lead, lead to production, like I say. Yep, opportunity does not always lead to production. Let me see if you believe that the opportunity for this wide receiver will lead to production. I know we want no part of the Oakland Raiders offense, Scott, but at the same time, Mertavis Bryant may have hurt his PCL. He may be out for a little while. Jordy Nelson looked banged up a little bit, what I believe, or was his shoulder. Does this mean anything for Brandon LaFell? Could Brandon LaFell get in the mix as last man standing in Oakland is your same kind of narrative. They're going to probably be down in games and need to throw to somebody. You want to take a flyer on LaFell? Just because they got to throw to somebody doesn't mean that guy's going to have any fantasy upside. 
if Brandon LaFell has to step forward and play a primary role in the offense, there's nothing to show that he can handle it. You know, they needed him last week to step forward. Four catches for 47 yards. It's probably his ceiling. You don't want a part of any Raiders wide receiver. Okay. You're, ne- you're never going to start the guy. Never. And at this point of the season, that is the primary question you have to ask yourself. We talked about this last hour as well, Scott. you got to run it through your head. Is there a scenario where I'm going to need to start this guy? Hopefully after six teams are on buys, you get to organize yourself for any playoff push. And if the answer is no, you need to cut the dead weight on your team. Thinking about guys like Spencer Ware, Austin Eckler, Malcolm Brown, Wayne Gallman, and any of the handcuffs to your studs. Scott even mentions Jalen Samuels now that we know well we don't know but we have Le'Veon Bell only has eight hours left to join in uh join the Pittsburgh Steelers this year um how about this guy this is a guy that you've mentioned a couple times this is a guy Scott who actually has looked decent lately he's had six or more targets for four games in a row we've been talking about how Tyler Gabriel seems to be fading back in this offense what about Anthony Miller Anthony Miller only 15 percent owned we've been talking about Mitchell Trubisky's development this Bears offense what about Anthony Miller where would you put him on this uh in this kind of group of wide out ride receivers would you rather have Anthony Miller or Josh Reynolds Anthony Miller, for sure, coming off his first okay. career 100-yard game, has scored twice in his last three games and three in his last five games. And uh, you know Taylor Gabriel is just proven to be like you know, just like a like a like a mini comet where he had a two good game stretch and then he disappeared back into being who he was in Atlanta. Somebody who occasionally will catch a deep pass. And do you even need him to do that when you have Anthony Miller? So uh, Anthony Miller owned less than. Uh, that less than 14% leagues on ESPN. He mentioned right. the 15 on Yahoo. So I think he's somebody you have to pick up, uh, especially if you need help during a bye week. Yep, and that may be the case. Uh, listen, by the way, in the same vein that I said last hour, Shady McCoy is like 80% owned, so he's worth a look. You know, people were down, Scotty, on Allen Robinson. Before his breakout, I remember I left him on the bench against you, and if I didn't, maybe I would have got a W because he had something like 32 points yesterday. Allen Robinson, I have. I'd love to see what you say on ESPN League, Scotty. But in Yahoo Leagues, he's 81% owned. So that means one out in five leagues. You can try and find in public leagues. You can try and find Allen Robinson off of his big game on Sunday. What's he at at ESPN, Scotty? Allen Robinson. 82%. So there's only see? a 1% there difference. You go. People, people make the mistake of cutting a guy when he's hurt, and he was out yep. for two games, and people cut him. And uh, you know that's why you have to, you know, you have to watch your league's transaction wire like almost every day to basically see who people are releasing and put in a claim for him. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, Scott, a lot of times when I throw out the Yahoo percentages, you throw out the ESPN percentages, they're usually within like five or six percentage points of each other, right? So we're giving people a framework, a reference point to see if it's worth the look. Another guy that to me is quote-unquote worth the look, and I don't know why he's still available. What's your ownership percentage out there on ESPN for Corey Davis, Scott? You know, he had a buy, I guess, and some people maybe are waiting around for him to be kind of like – for him to pop off in Yahoo, it's seventy-five percent. What's it in ESPN, Scotty? Uh, Corey Davis, you know, is coming yep. off of probably the best game of his career, owned in only sixty-eight percent of ESPN. Look at that. Leagues. And 75 yeah. in Yahoo. So again, we're giving you a good framework here, Scotty. That's like three out of ten 
uh, you know, leagues where you can right now get Corey Davis. Correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but we're talking about guys like Josh Reynolds, Brandon LaFell, Anthony Miller. If, if, if Allen Robinson or Corey Davis is out there, you need to go grab him, right? Definitely. Without, without question. You know, he was very impressive last week. Mariota's playing better uh, his last two games. And Corey Davis had what we thought was a tough matchup with Stephon Gilmore, and he had one of the best games of his career, and he faces, faces the Colts' 22nd-ranked pass defense uh, this week, and then Houston and the Jets. Yep. So there you go. I mean, you got to give it a look. It's crazy. Some of these guys um, I would have thought were definitely owned, you know, but you, that's why you got to give it a look, especially in these weeks where the injuries have accumulated, especially in these weeks where there's four teams on by. Owners are in interesting situations. I also look, Scotty, remember another rule of thumb for me is teams that are coming off a buy, the teams that just had a buy, and I think you can find someone interesting on this one. Scott, I've got 20% ownership rate right now for Kiki Cutie coming back with the Houston Texans. Remember, he was a little bit banged up. Same kind of thing. Remember, we saw this with Geronimo Allison maybe a couple of weeks ago. We've seen this with Royce Freeman and other guys who are banged up. Then the team has the bye. I don't know what you got, Scotty, but I've got Kiki Cutie at only 20% ownership. Now, I know Demarius Thomas is in there clouding the picture, but we liked Kiki Cutie going into this. What do you have as Kiki Cutie's ownership percentage? And what do you think about Cutie vis-a-vis some of these other names? we're talking about here uh 13.6 percent on the look at that leagues but i'm 20 percent i'm kind of luke, lukewarm with him now on demand really? thomas uh in the picture right now uh the hamstring injury is something that could linger as well even with the week off and when you say about bye weeks you know it's just uh to interject that again you know if a team is on a bye week now and week, you know yeah. you have the room on your roster go after guys from teams from bye weeks because a lot of fantasy owners overlook it and then you won't have to wait till the next week to try to race to the waiver wire to get to the guy yeah. you want. That is one way to stay ahead of the curve, Scotty. But we're also talking about, for example, a team that's on a bye week this week is the Giants, right? If, I, if someone drops Sterling Shepard, which we've been talking about, right, you know, kind of as the sacrificial lamb in that offense, would you rather have Kiki QT or Sterling Shepard? I'd probably rather have Sterling Shepard. He's a starting mm-hmm. wide receiver. Uh, you know, he's, had, he's had some big games here and there. He's inconsistent, but... You know, QT is uh, the number three receiver on his team right now. Yeah. They just acquired Demarius Thomas, so I feel like the ceiling isn't there. All right, fair enough. Listen, we gave you some wide receivers to keep an eye on, some running backs. When we come back in the next segment, we talk tight ends and quarterbacks if you absolutely need them on the waiver wire. It's FST with Dane and Scott. Come on right back after the break. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. 
FST Fantasy Sports Today, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, taking you through, you know, Monday Night Football, what we take away from that. And now the waiver wire as we move ahead to Week 11. Don't forget, if you need some advice, not only... Can you listen to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Not only can you follow us on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds for me, at Scotty Roto X for Scotty. But don't forget to go on over to RotoExperts.com, get the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season fantasy package. What we're also going to do is we're going to open up the phone lines here. So the number to call, in case you want to holler at Dane and Scott, the number to call is 844-843-6879. If you want to join the show as we put the fun in functional sports radio, we'll be happy to take your calls and questions um, throughout the rest of the show. But, Scotty, before we talk to the people, I want to look at tight ends, okay? Because I mentioned we got George Kittle on a bye, right? We got Rob Gronkowski on a bye. We've got, oh, I don't know if you, you know, David Njoku on a bye. So there may be some people, Evan Ingram, so there may be some people who need a uh, tight end for this week. I'm going to start. Here, with just what we've been saying, you got to look at the teams that are coming off a bye. Scott, I was concerned. I was surprised to see. Worth a look. Again, we're talking about there's some guys that are out there and are owned in only 70 or 80% that you just assumed are rostered. Scotty, I got a guy that's 76% in Yahoo. I want you to check on ESPN leagues because if you need a tight end, this is a guy who going into the season was viewed as a top, oh, I don't know, 7 to 10 tight end as a tight end one, has underperformed a little bit. He's coming off by. Scotty, on ESPN, what's the ownership percentage for Kyle Rudolph, the red zone reindeer, because at Yahoo, he's only three quarters owned, and he is a guy that you can grab right now. What does ESPN have for Kyle Rudolph? I know he hasn't performed well. I know he doesn't have a a touchdown since week three, but if you have, you know, Kittle and Gronk or Ingram and others on a bye, Chris Herndon, who you've been streaming, what's up with Kyle Rudolph's percentage for you? 80% right now, and I think that's too much. Uh, okay. I only use Kyle Rudolph if I'm desperate. He's had five consecutive single-digit performances. Okay, so he's not a guy you'd be interested in. I don't know, Scott, how many times I need to tell to talk about this guy. Vance McDonald, 52% still. Can we get his ownership percentage up to 70? Like six teams on a bye. We see what the Steelers have been doing offensively. Vance McDonald, do you buy this one? Uh, Vance McDonald. Another team I think. touchdown. I, I want to, I might not even want less less than Kyle Rudolph uh, right really? now. The way that he's he's been playing, forty six point nine percent owned. Actually, actually though, he has, does have two double figure performances in his yep. last four. You know, he, he did right week six and last this week. past yep. week. So I'll take him over Rudolph. Ideally, I don't want him, but if I'm desperate, I'd I'd rather have him than uh than Kyle Rudolph. And All right, he's let me more throw out a... available. Yeah, let me throw right, because Rudolph's in the 70s, Vance is around 50. Let me give you a guy that I know you definitely can grab, because I see him at Yahoo at only 18% owned. And this is a offense, Scott, that is going through some transition, right? And he had his highest um, amount of catches this year last on Sunday, and most notably nine targets. On Sunday, which I think is viable. It's a guy you liked going into the season. I'm talking, Scott, about Ricky Seals-Jones. Ricky Seals-Jones, 18% owned, coming off nine targets of 5 for 51. I know it's not sexy, but again, 
you know, six teams on by. Talk to me about RSJ because with a new offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich there, do you think there's any uh, room for improvement for RSJ? A little bit, you know, he's kind of in that that Vance McDonald kind of circle where right. he's two double-figure performance in his last four games, but the other two have been below four points. They've yeah. been both Just two, two for, 12s. for 12. You know, these these are guys that, that, that really have no floors at all whatsoever. Right. I mean, I know we're talking about tight end, but they don't have any floor whatsoever. It's, it's, um, sca- so those... it's, sca- it's scary to use them. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, but listen, I mean – what, the other option, my guy Jeff Hireman is out there. Like honestly, it's a, it's a, it's about your options, right, Scott? And with six teams on a bye, I would easily take Hireman over all of them. You would, you would. Yeah. Uh, the guy's me about co- why. coming off. Of, uh, the guy's coming off of a ten catch game, you know, right now. Right. And, uh, they they really studied. He he actually was the very surprising beneficiary of the departure of Demarius Thomas. So, mm-hmm. uh, and the week before that, you know, he did get the end zone. He has scored in two consecutive games. Uh, okay. And you know, there was Kansas City week four, four catches for fifty-seven yards. So I feel like Hireman has more promise than either one of the either one of the guys that we discussed. Okay, um, so there you go. There's another guy out there. You would put Hireman at the top of this food chain of the guys we discussed so far? Ahead yeah, of Rudolph, ahead of Vance? Yeah, there's one league where I'm not really excited about my tight ends, and I picked up Hireman on his buy because I knew nobody else was going to go after him because a lot of fantasy owners make the mistake of not picking up guys on buys. Okay, um, and listen, remember, Scotty, about two months ago, I was given Hireman out as like a kind of uh, random flyer that you can go to. He has sort of delivered, like you mentioned, 10 catches on Sunday for 80. Uh, well, um, excuse me, not on Sunday, in the, la- in the Broncos' last game. Um, do you, uh, and that, you know, filling kind of a, a hole that Demarius Thomas left Hireman coming off 10 for 83 and a touchdown is uh, only 6%. Owned at least in Yahoo, so he's someone you can grab. Any other guys you want to give out at um at tight end, Scotty Uzuma? Yeah, Watson, Uzuma's a guy like that. Uzuma's a guy you got to cut right now. He's yeah. he's been a real big disappointment, and I oh, feel trust me, I, I know. He, I, I probably <laughs> I, I probably like him less than anybody that you mentioned right now. Uh, you know, Nick Vanette is a guy that I mentioned earlier in the season, and he's starting to score consistently here. He's he scored touchdown passes in two straight games. So, uh, yeah, Russell Wilson is looking for him when they're getting in the red zone area. So I think I think Nick Vanette is maybe another another name that you have to consider here if uh, you're looking you're looking for the for the uh, the bye week help. But there's there's not much out there other than that. I'd I'd probably go. You know, Pyramid's probably my favorite. Then McDonald, then I would probably say Vanette, and then Kyle Rudolph. And you know, maybe you want to roll the dice. You know, if you're super desperate on one of these, uh, you know, these uh, Indianapolis tight ends. Uh, look, Mo Ali Cox has actually scored in two consecutive hey! games. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. And Jano Smith has scored in two two consecutive yep. games too. Absolutely. So you yeah. know, some some. Oh, and let me ask you something. This is a team that was on a bye last week, and I don't know how they're going to play it. But the Baltimore Ravens have a number of tight ends, Scott. You know, Hayden Hurst coming back in the mix, you know, four or five catch kind of level. You know, they go to Max Williams and Nick Boyle also. I'm asking you for this. If I had a dynasty league and I wanted to have a spec flyer on one of these Ravens tight ends, 
where should I go? It looks like Mark at, at Andrews has like sort of been a little bit of a piece. And as they go to Lamar Jackson, might they if they go to Lamar Jackson, might they use the tight end a little bit more? Talk to me about these first round picks that the Ravens made, um, Hurst and Andrews. I think Hurst might be the more of the pure pass catcher. It's just he got injured and off to a a, a slower start in the system. Uh, I, I think Hayden Hurst is probably the guy that I would want him more over time than Andrews. Okay, uh, fair enough. The last thing I want to do here is look at quarterbacks, Scotty. And and honestly, I mean, you know about these quarterbacks, okay? You know about all these guys, right? But I look at the top 11 quarterbacks right now that I see, okay? And you know these names. And, and look at their ownership percentages. Patty Mahomes, 99%. Breeze, 100%. Goff, 97 Big Ben, 95 Ryan, 97 Newton, 99 Luck, 92 Rivers, 95 Rogers, 100% ownership. Brady, 99% ownership. Those are 10 of the top 11 quarterbacks right now, at least in fantasy. The one that's in there, though, there's one that's in there, Scotty, right now, that is QB7 overall. That's only 70% owned. We're talking about other guys that are 70 or 80% owned. There is a top seven quarterback right now, Scott, that is only 70% owned. I think you know who it is. Who am I talking about, Scotty? You're talking about Mitch Trubisky, who's owned in 74.6% right of ESPN leagues. Okay. This, people treat quarterbacks like they do kickers. Instead of looking at the results, you know, they go by the name right now. And I yep. said it the other day. I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky than Tom Brady. I'd rather have him than Kirk Cousins, et cetera. You know, they, people don't look at the results enough, and they just go every week and just blindly look at the name. Yep, absolutely. Mitchell Trubisky right now is QB7, and I would actually offer up that he's actually QB6 um, because, you know, he's got only 12 points less than Jared Goff, and Jared Goff has done it in one more game. So I would venture to say that points per game-wise, he's actually QB6. And we've talked about the dynamic. You know, we've mentioned Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson. We've mentioned Trey Burton, who's literally performing right now as a top-seven tight end as well. You know, if you got all those guys, in a herd you want to take the shepherd and Mitchell Trubisky is that the other thing I will say about Mitchell Trubisky uh Scotty he's second in the NFL in rushing yards among quarterbacks as well behind only Cam Newton when it comes to rushing yards for quarterbacks he has 320 rushing yards he has three touchdowns on the ground only Cam Newton is ahead of him in both categories. Yet another reason you wait on quarterback. You think this continues with Mitchell Trubisky, that as the time goes on, he's starting to get a, a better feel for the offense and can do more within it? He's been having a feel for the offense and doing more since week four. You know, that, that's already passed. You know, here's a thought right now. If I have Tom Brady and I'm, I'm disappointed in the way he's performing, why not offer mm -hmm. him for Mitchell Trubisky in a straight-up trade? Wow. That's, uh, yes, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree. Remember, Tom Brady has it can, been it can be done. a touchdown pass. Absolutely. Tom Brady has one touchdown in his last three games, okay? Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, on the flip side, you know, has, oh, uh, six via the pass, and he may have run for one as well. I mean, yes. this is the time of year when you need to really consider, like you say, take the names off of the jersey, Mitchell Trubisky outperforming Tom Brady, Scott. Yeah, there were two guys that I was talking about last year's preseason 
that I liked a lot, and uh, two of them have lost them. Well, one did first. Like, I remember on on this channel saying, you know, I really like Cooper Cup. I think he's going to be something. And people are like, you're crazy. Who the hell is this guy? And then, uh, you know, myself and Matt Modica were both big fans of Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I mean, and 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 here's the thing, it, it feeds into the other thing we've been mentioning this morning, Scott, as it related to uh, you know what they're going to do to support Baker Mayfield, what they're going to do to support. Sam Darnold, what they're going to do ultimately, even to, su- to support Josh Rosen, who has a new offensive coordinator as well. Mitchell Trubisky and Patty Mahomes, right, are second-year quarterbacks who are in systems that they know that are college-like, that have these pop passes, that have these jet sweeps, that have these spread offenses. You look at the Rams, you look at the Saints, you look at the Eagles, you look at the Patriots, you look at all of these dynamic offenses here in the NFL, and they are being run the same way. The college game has come to the NFL, and Mitchell Trubisky has been the benefit of that. Look at the change in Jared Goff, Scott, from when he had Jeff Fisher as his head coach, to when he has Sean McVay as his head coach. Look at the difference in Mitchell Trubisky from his rookie year to now under this Matt Nagy system. Look at the difference with Baker Mayfield if he can be in this kind of system. Josh uh, Rosen as well. Sam Darnold as well. Mitchell Trubisky blossoming, to use your word. A lot of it, I believe, is because of the scheme and system and the 2018 NFL. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And no, you don't want to. So what does that mean? So what does that mean for uh, Rosen, Darnold, Baker Mayfield as their teams kind of evolve or their coaching staffs evolve? We believe they will in the next, you know, nine months. What does that mean for these guys? Which are, are these guys potentially Mitch Trubisky or Jared Goff next year if they get the right scheme and right coaches in place? Well, look, we, I, Rosen already looked better last week with Byron Leftwich as the coordinator. You know, I think okay. it's more than a coaching staff for when it comes to Sam Darnold. You know, they they need more playmakers in the passing game around him too, and I think they need a more consistent running game. His 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 whole entire supporting cast is shaky. Yeah, the cupboard is a little bit bare. That's why they're drafting in the top five in the first place, right? One thing we do know, though, is that the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 will have a ton of cap room uh, this offseason. So they may be viable not only to get themselves a playmaker on the outside. There's a specific uh, running back who is not reporting to work today who's going to command a ton of money who has been linked to the Jets in some reports. And they can also get some offensive linemen to maybe protect the kid out of USC. Scotty, I want to let people know and that if you thing, like playing... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. One, one thing about that, though, it's like they have a ton of cap room. Depending on how much money he wants, though, yeah. it's, uh, if you invest all that in levy on Bell, what does that leave for what you need a wide receiver, offensive line, etc.? Sure. Listen, I personally don't think the Jets are the right fit because Le'Veon Bell, I think, needs to go, and I think he'll want to go to a team where he perceives himself as the cherry on top, the the move that puts them over the top to be a Super Bowl contender. I don't think Le'Veon Bell is going to want to be on a team at this point of the rebuilding cycle, if that makes sense. He's going to want to be on a team where he thinks they're primed and ready to go to win a championship in the next two to three years because of him being the final piece of 
the puzzle. Okay, that's what I personally think. So I think we're looking more at a team like Houston, at a team like Green Bay and others, as opposed to a team like the Jets, where he would have to kind of, you know, weather the rebuilding process. But that's just me. Yeah, Scotty, I what I don't know if Green me... Bay would be in a place, but uh, Baltimore might be interesting. Baltimore could be interesting. I've thrown out Houston a number of times. Indianapolis could be interesting. There's a number of places that could be interesting, and we'll see if they are on the horizon for Le'Veon after 4 p.m. today, because if it ain't then, it's not at all in the 2018 season. I wanted to tell people, Scott, that if they enjoyed playing DFS, but they're sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget multiple lineups. Ditch late scratches. Avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you'll get a 50% deposit bonus. So go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. Enter the promo code FNTSY. Scotty, when we come back, we're going to dig into the Roto Experts exclusive edge in season fantasy package we'll look at your column the advanced scout to talk about some things to expect in week 11 a couple of interesting games and a couple of stat lines that may make you lean one way or the other scott what promo code should they enter at checkout speed yeah buddy that's what i'm talking about enter the promo code speeds at checkout el rey you could use the king it's all good what we just want to make sure is that you get this information we look at the king's advanced scout article before we pass it off to gabe morency Corey parsons and the lovely michelle serpico the morning after is up next on the fantasy sports radio network but scott and i hang out for one more segment come on right back from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. There you go, there you go. We're getting a little Canadian rappers as we come back here on FST on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Informa, we are informing you of what you need to know looking forward to week 11 of the NFL and the fantasy football season. We talked about the waiver wires. We talked about the teams on by. Listen, six teams are on by. Uh, in the NFL for week 11 as you make your playoff push. The Cleveland Browns, the San Francisco 49ers, and the entire AFC East. So you probably have some Patriots that need to rest. You probably don't have any Bills or Jets, maybe no Dolphins either. But Danny Amendola yeah, al- should be out of it's, line. It's almost obviously. like three teams are on a bye. <laughs> right. It's like half of them you know, don't honestly, matter. And we're talking about San Francisco, right? So San Francisco... The Jets and the Bills, in my opinion, combined. And the Dolphins. All right, the Dolphins I'll add in there, but then i got to add another starter. To me, with those four teams combined, there are 
what, four week-to-week starters in fantasy? Let's see. 49ers, Browns, Jets, Bills. I would go Breida, Kittle, um, Drake. And... I don't think Drake's an every-week starter. I don't think he's an okay. every-week starter. Shady McCoy? Yeah, I'll, I'll give it that, yeah. Okay, so McCoy, Breida, Kittle. Are there any other week-to-week starters on Miami, Buffalo, San Francisco, and the Jets? Miami, Buffalo, San Francisco. There's no every-week starter on the Jets. I think you're right. talking about you, you, Kittle. You said Just Kittle. Shady for the Bills. You said Breedle. You said Shady. Yeah. Right. The Jets, Is that it? The Jets, nobody. The Miami. 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 Miami, nobody's an every week starter. Buffalo, right. only only McCoy. Just so shady. it's it's almost it's almost like th- yeah. So it's almost like I said, like three teams are on a bye. Yeah, I mean, I do think maybe that one of those Dolphins running backs get in there. Uh, but nah. but to the point, Drake's too inconsistent. And Gore has no yes. ceiling. Yeah. All right. Well, they're, they're at, to the larger point. Some of these teams don't matter. Obviously, the Patriots have a lot of people that you've been relying on, and Cleveland may as well. Listen, you may have been, you know, you're riding Nick Chubb these days. You're starting Jarvis Landry. Njoku is in that kind of weird streaming range that you could do worse um, when teams are on a bye. But I digress. Scotty, one of the things we've been talking about, and we got to make a decision pretty soon because Thursday night football starts with the Packers and the Seahawks. We've been talking about the Seahawks and the run game, right? They are running the ball more than any team in the NFL. And then on the flip side, the Packers are 20 first in the league, allowing almost 121 yards per rush. These nuggets you can get from Scott Angle's advanced scout. So it looks like you got some value potentially here in the Seattle running backs, but, you know, we don't know if Chris Carson comes back on the short week. You got Mike Davis there, and Rashad Penny popped off a little bit as well. Talk to me about the Seattle running back room and what could be a plum matchup against the Green Bay run defense. Well, the latest report last night said that Chris Carson's going to be ready to come back, and I okay. think uh, you know that that really clouds clouds what's going on there because they have three bunt running backs that they they like right now, and uh, you know all of them might might be useful. And I don't think they over want to overwork Carson. They like him a lot. Runs well in short space. You know has some juke, really good vision, etc. You know very talented guy. Uh, who they took in the seventh round last year. I think he's still their lead running back, and if you're going to start one of those three, if he's active without any restrictions, I think it's got to be Carson. Fair enough, but what if you hear the uh, ominous term pitch count as it related to Carson? Then then I think it's it's probably like majority timeshare between uh, Mike Davis and, and Rashad Penny. And I'd probably, right. I'd probably, I'd probably lead Mike Davis because of any of the three, he is their best pass catching back. Okay, um, so that's a little bit. Remember, Thursday night football is Packers Seahawks this week. We'll talk about that game a lot more, as, especially on the Thursday show. We talk about how the Packers run defense is uh, something you can attack. Two kind of high profile and strong run defenses face off on Sunday night football. We got Bears and Vikings. I want to ask you about this. Because these running backs are interesting. Listen, Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard have not really been performing, at least in the run game. You know, Cohen in the pass game as well. And now they face, you know, um, a Minnesota team 
that's uh, pretty stout defensively. What about them? And then on the flip side, the Bears' run defense is only allowing 84 yards a game. So how do you treat Dalvin Cook and uh, Latavius Murray? How do you treat the running backs in this Sunday night football game? Well, Dalvin Cook's healthy. He, he got, you yep. got to start him no matter what the matchup is. You know, yep. he's that talented. On the other side of the ball, I think you're sitting Jordan Howard. But, you know, Tariq Cohen, if they have to throw the ball, he, they're going to be throwing to him out of the backfield. Uh, especially, you know, you talk about a team in Minnesota that's tied for the league lead in 31 sacks. If that pocket's mm. going to get crushed, you know, you, you want to flip the ball to Tariq Cohen. And uh, the way to alleviate the pressure or to combat it, uh, you know, if they're blitzing very often or just bringing a lot of pressure, is to throw a flat pass to a playmaker like Tariq Cohen. Absolutely. So we may see that. I want to ask you about one other guy in this calculation here. And my disclaimer is I don't think this is a guy that's going to have any value in any kind of short term. Okay, I know that. But we're talking about, you know, we've been talking about organizing your roster for the playoffs. We've been talking about handcuffs. And you always also talk, Scott, about, like, if someone goes down, you know, it's in the open to our show. You know, you have to be careful about who you think steps up on the depth chart. A very kind of under-the-radar move that happened in the NFC North. Did you see that there was a kind of shifty running back that changed teams within the NFC North, uh, Scott, that we have not discussed? That if... The injury-riddled Dalvin Cook goes down. It's this guy who is the same kind of back, albeit much worse than Dalvin Cook, so maybe not Latavis Murray. You know who I'm talking about, Scotty? Yeah, you're talking about Amir Abdullah. And, I am. Uh, you know, it, it, it's very funny. You know, you, you, know, you amuse me. You, always you think like he's like one of my guys. You think he's one of my guys for some reason. Go ahead. No, not one of your guys necessarily, uh, but you always, you always like to bring up these nobody players. When they get signed signed up by, you know, some team, they're never going to have any fantasy value. And Amir Abdullah is one of those guys. We know what the formula is. If Dalvin Cook gets hurt, it's all about Latavius Murray. Amir Abdullah is okay. not going to be a factor. All right. Fair enough. Listen, we've been talking about deep handcuffs for your run, so I just figured I would throw it out there. Um, talk to me like, about – What was the guy on um, Houston last week that uh, signed, with, signed with the Lions? I'm trying to remember. The, I don't know the, who the you're Texans, about. The Texans. Oh, in. Ellington? Ellington? Yeah, like you brought up Bruce Ellington. Like you, you like bringing up guys like that, like Bruce Ellington and, you know, Listen. Amir Abdullah and stuff like that. Uh, you're being Listen, a completist, just... but these guys, these guys have no fantasy appeal. I'm just giving the people all the information they need oh, yes, to go are. ahead and make their decisions. That's all. Uh, Scotty, in this advanced scout, it looks like you're talking about the uh, Arizona Cardinals as a popular defensive stream. Is that going to be the case for whoever plays the Raiders moving forward? Probably, yes, and uh, the Arizona defense looked pretty good last week. Five Against Kansas City, even, yeah. Holmes and uh, you know, held them to his lowest passing yardage total of the season. And you remember a few weeks ago when they played uh, – San Francisco, they got over 24 points. So uh, the Cardinals, you know, they do play some defense there uh, from time to time, and it's a really good matchup for them. And you know, not just looking to keep the points down, talking about sacks and turnovers here. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Like, if they sack Patty Mahomes and his, you know, get out of the pocket and sling it 
uh, five times. Maybe they can get a little bit of work on Derek Carr this week as well. Scotty, um, only a couple minutes left before we go to the morning after. Um, we were talking about the wide receivers on the waiver wire, right? Anthony Miller. We talked about give a check to guys like Allen Robinson, Corey Davis. We mentioned names like QT, Josh Reynolds, uh, Brandon LaFell, who you had varying degrees of kind of faith in. One name that you have in your advanced scout column that I'm intrigued by had a big week last week, three passes, 90 yards, and a touchdown. One of them was a big play. And remember, it was a revenge game against his former team that I kind of wonder where you slot against the other wide receivers we talked about. I'm talking about Dante Moncrief, Yaman, Yaman Kreef, you know, former Colt, current Jaguars wide receiver. You know what I'm talking about. Um, Everything I read with Dante Moncrief. But should he be on fantasy rosters? Like, I am avoiding Jaguars wide receivers like the plague. I understand he had a, be- a good game yesterday, but how much of that was like, you know, the, the big old revenge factor? Um, now they play the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 11. I think he's somebody he could definitely use on a bye week. Uh, okay. You know, he's got double-figure performances in four of his last six games. And, uh, you know, Moncrief, you know, doesn't have a lot of upside, but there is like a 10 to 13-point floor there every week in a PPR. Dante Moncrief or Josh Reynolds this week? Uh, I'll go Dante Moncrief. Dante Moncrief or Anthony Miller this week? Uh, I'm going to go Anthony Miller. There's more upside. Okay, and last one, Dante Better Moncrief offense. or last one, Dante Moncrief or Kiki QT this week. Dante Moncrief. I I don't even know what how QT is going to look. All right, so it sounds like you know we talked about Allen Robinson, Corey Davis, if they're still available, they're worth a check. But it sounds like you're going Anthony Miller, Dante Moncrief, Josh Reynolds, and Kiki QT in that kind of yes. order, right? Yes. All right. Fair enough. We only got a couple of minutes left here, Scotty. You're saying uh, there's nothing to see with Brandon Marshall, the newest saint. But I want to ask you about the newest eagle, Golden Tate, as we close out the show. I have had a couple people on social media asking me about, like, "Uh uh-oh, what happened with Golden Tate? I told you in one of my matchups I was down big, Scott, and I had Zach Ertz. He was face, I was facing both Alshon Jeffrey and Golden Tate, and I wound up getting a win. Um, I kind of am telling people on social media that Golden Tate just still needs to learn the offense a little bit more. You saw him on the sidelines, especially when Wentz was moving, running a kind of four-minute offense with kill, kill, kills and hot, play, hot routes and stuff like that, that maybe Tate just didn't know the whole playbook or the whole, all the options. But I expect over time Golden Tate to still be a viable piece of this offense. It sounds like you agree, Scotty. Yeah, go after those panicky Golden Tate owners. Right. Get him before this week's trade deadline because he adds another dimension, you know, a real chain mover, possession yardage after the catch kind of guy, new element to that Philadelphia passing game I think they really need. And watching Golden Tate over his career, he was not easy to replace in Seattle, and obviously he's not easy to replace in Detroit. Seattle had to draft Tyler Lockett because they lost Golden Tate. Yep, and Detroit, like we've mentioned, they may be going a little bit with Theo Riddick and Kerryon Johnson um, out there. You know, tomorrow, Scott, when we go over these games, I'm going to want to look. You know, our guy Mike Blewett does the snap counts. I'm going to want to look at Riddick and Kerryon Johnson and seeing how much they're on the field together because that may be their answer uh, to uh, make up for the lost production of Golden Tate. I agree. Golden Tate will be a piece of that Philly offense, but hopefully Zach Ertz can keep like that to 14 balls a game, at least for me. Have a great day, Scotty. We're going to be back tomorrow, and we'll start looking at the Week 11 lines, early spread, waivers, 
early leans on production. We'll do all that tomorrow, the morning after, up next on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day, Scotty.